Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Did you know that the entire first season of Miscreation is now live? You can dive into the entirety of season one of Miscreation and binge all five episodes of this hair-raising horror audio drama today. I just want to give a big shout out to Josh Curran and Carl Hughes for their amazing work in bringing this podcast to life. And you can check it out at hawkandcleaver.com or simply search Miscreation in your favourite podcast app. Today's episode is Hi Diaz, written by Kev Harrison and narrated by Ian McEwen. Dan pushed the last low-hanging branch to one side and stepped out from the forest. Mist hung thick and low, obscuring the water at first. He strode forward, his breathing ragged, and looked out over the calm, silvery surface of the lake. What do you think? called Rasmus from an old tree stump far over to his right. Dan felt a smile forming as he scoured the horizon for the limits of the water, failing to find it. It's beautiful, really amazingly beautiful. Dan lowered his day pack to the damp ground and stuffed his hand in, digging for his camera. He took it out, pinched off the lens cap, and crouched, framing a shot. The shutter clicked, and he held it away, checking the image on the screen. Content, he deposited it back into the bag and trudged across the dewy ground to his friend. 
This is the real Estonia, said Rasmus, then supped from his water flask. I studied in Tallinn, and I do love the capital, but this... This is where I grew up, surrounded by the nature. It's just nature, said Dan, and gestured for the water bottle. Rasmus handed it over, and he took a sip. What? You can't say the nature. It's just nature. Fuck off. You're welcome. Dan grinned at his friend. How's your Estonian? You can fuck off as well. Dan handed back the flask and lowered himself onto the tree stump. I wasn't sure about this, you know? About what, mate? Coming out here. I mean, I know we're friends and all, but I've done this before. Gone to visit workmates' hometowns. You know Colin from IT? He invited me and a few of the lads for a piss up in Crawley once. I'd never been before, but Christ on a bike, I won't be going back. That bad? Rasmus slipped the bottle into his bag. Like a fucking post-apocalyptic novel, mate. <laughs> Worse, maybe. <laughs> Shit. Rasmus chuckled, bear-like. Well, I'm glad I kept on at you. I knew you'd love this place. And now it's all yours. That I really can't believe. My dad was such a strong guy. Country folk out here, they're built differently, you know? Have to be, with the frigid winters and long, scorching summers. So strange to think he's gone. Will you move back here now, to take care of the land? Dan swatted at a fly as he asked the question. Rasmus shook his head. No, you know me, man. My life is there now, in England. I'll keep the same land managers on that my dad used in his final years. What about building some holiday flats? I bet rich city folk would love a place out here for the weekends. The smile disappeared from Rasmus's face. Quite impossible. Planning permission to pain in the arse out this way? Rasmus shrugged, his eyes avoiding Dan's. Something like that. What's on the other side of the lake? Dan asked, changing the subject. Rasmus blocked the blinding sunlight with his arm. You know, I've never been all the way to the other side. It's about a hundred k's or so. There is a place about another seven kilometers out from here that's pretty cool, but... But... But we're not supposed to take outsiders. Dan stood up. What kind of secret society bullshit is that? Anyway, you've lived in Ashton under Lyme for the last seven years. You're basically an outsider now. You eat chips, cheese, and gravy, and drink warm beer for fuck's sake. Rasmus erupted into a guttural belly laugh and stood, placing a hand on Dan's shoulder. You're right. 
Let's stop here for a while, have something to eat, and head over when the sun is higher in the sky. The canopy is dense there. It's better with more daylight. Safer. Dan shook his head. Safer? What should I be afraid of? Wolves? Bears? Rasmus tugged the picnic box from his pack and laughed. It's too early in the spring. The bears are sleeping. And wolves? Nah, the wolves are as afraid as we are. Here. He passed over a bundle of greaseproof paper. Dan unwrapped it and grimaced as a waft of pungent, smoked fish hit him. Don't screw your nose up. Those are my aunt's sprats. Taste. You'll see. Dan grasped one of the fish by the tail, feeling the oil on his fingers. The head as well? Rasmus nodded. Dan closed his eyes and bit it in half. He chewed. Oh man, it's actually really good! Don't sound so fucking surprised. Rasmus uncapped a bottle of dark beer and passed it over, suds rolling down the neck. Dan swigged some and polished off the rest of the sprat, then moved on to a chicken pie from his own picnic box. He hadn't realized how hungry he had been, nor how long since they'd had breakfast. He gorged himself, pausing only to burp or down more of the beer. Remember, save a little of everything, said Rasmus, peering over his beer bottle at the dwindling supplies. How long are we going to be out today? I thought we'd be back at the lodge in time for tea. Not for us, mate. For Haldias. Dan broke off a piece of pie and stuffed it into his mouth, wrapping the rest in paper and placing it back into the box. Friend of yours? Not exactly. Rasmus winked. Come on, pack this shit away. I'm going for a piss in those bushes, then we should be on our way. The mist's clearing. He gestured towards the water. Dan watched his friend wander into the bushes, then shoved the boxes back into the two rucksacks. He finished his beer, looking on as some ducks squabbled over something or other. Shall we? said Rasmus, obscuring the sun with his bulk. Dan stood, hefted his bag onto his back, and nodded. Their hike took on new vigor, with food in their bellies and the sun beating down on them. It was only March, but the sky was empty of clouds, the sun bright and hot on their backs as they rounded the southern tip of Lake Forstieva. Stop here, said Rasmus, after an hour or so. Look. He pointed towards the tree line, eighty meters from the water's edge. Do you see? I don't know, said Dan. What am I supposed to be looking for? Rasmus crouched. See the line of toadstools there, with the pointed caps? He gestured for Dan to crouch too. He did as instructed. He scrunched his eyes, struggling to pick out details without his glasses. He edged forward. Rasmus tugged at his jacket, pulling back and almost knocking him off balance. No closer than this. 
He could be anywhere beyond the line. Dan righted himself and stood. What the fuck are you on about, Raz? Rasmus stood up, looked down at Dan. This isn't a joke, mate. He was whispering. I told you, no outsiders around here. If you get too close and he sees you... Who sees me? What are you talking about? Rasmus placed his hand on Dan's shoulder and squeezed. Keep your voice down. Dan detected a warning, a threat in his friend's tone. Sorry, Dan whispered now. Who are you talking about? I told you, man. Aldias. He removed his hand from Dan's shoulder, stuffed it into the pocket of his waterproof. Who is this Haldias, anyway? Haldias is the first settler. That's what his name means. He's the king of the forest. In your language, you have so many words for his kind. Elf, gnome, fairy, take your pick. Dan opened his mouth to speak, then paused. He looked Rasmus's bulky frame up and down. I'm sorry, am I hearing this right? Rasmus, the mighty bear of the woods, afraid of a fucking fairy? Rasmus's face contorted into a scowl. First of all, you came up with that bear of the woods bollocks. Secondly, had you grown up out here, you might accept all sorts of things. Believe me. Dan sniggered. Do I look like I'm fucking about to you? Rasmus's eyes narrowed, his heavy brow emphasizing his annoyance. No, sir, you do not. Sorry, mate. Dan held up his hands in surrender. You must understand how mental this sounds, though. Rasmus rubbed the stubble on his chin for a moment, then reluctantly nodded. One thing I've noticed in England, you people have forgotten the old tales. Too right, man. I haven't even read any Dickens. Dan glanced back at the line of toadstools. They did seem unnatural, almost regimented in their distribution. Do we have to turn back now? I don't want to get us in trouble with this Haldias. Dan made air quotes as he said it. Fuck it, I'll show you. Rasmus took off his backpack and delved in for his picnic box. He unrolled the paper surrounding the sprat he had saved and gripped the small fish between his forefinger and thumb. He lowered the bag to the mossy ground and crouched, then shuffled over to the line of toadstools. Between two of them sat a flat slab of granite, crystals of quartz glistening in the fragments of sunlight that squeezed through the densely knitted branches overhead. He laid the fish flat and then dashed back to Dan. Get back. The two men moved beyond a clump of fir trees and peered out. The woods were silent 
but for the rustling of leaves in the breeze and the occasional crack of twigs as wild things moved around. How long do we have to wait? said Dan, after three minutes that seemed to drag on for an eternity. Rasmus placed a large hand over his mouth and pointed with the other. A shimmering blue light, like a will-o'-the-wisp, emerged from the foliage beyond the line of toadstools. In ethereal silence, it drifted beyond the toadstool barrier, then faded, leaving behind a scrawny-looking, naked man. Standing no taller than half a meter, the creature hurried to the sprat, reaching out with both of its tiny hands, grasping the tail. As it lifted the fish to its heavily bearded face, Dan scrunched his eyes, marveling at its sinewy limbs. The creature took a bite, tearing at the flesh, then chewing. Its yellow-green eyes, like a cat's, darted one way and the other as it ate. Incredible, Dan tried to say, but the sound was muffled in Rasmus's palm. The thing devoured the fish in its entirety before licking its fingers with a pointed tongue. Then it turned and disappeared beyond the toadstools, once more melting into a blue haze before vanishing. Rasmus removed his hand from Dan's mouth and took a step back. What do you think? I think it's insane. Why don't people know about this? Why don't you take photos or something? Rasmus perched on a tree. Like I told you, we're not supposed to allow outsiders even this far. And no one goes beyond the line. It's tradition. Been that way for centuries. And photos? I've tried with my brother years ago. It just comes out as a blur. They all do. Like an error in the file or something. It's forest magic, I suppose. Wait, what do you mean, they all do? Dan paced towards the toadstools. Dan, stop! What the fuck are you doing? Rasmus jogged after him, reached out a hand, and tugged him backward firmly, spinning him around. How many of these things do you suppose there are? Rasmus shrugged. I want to see. Dan turned and stepped beyond the line of toadstools. Dan, come back! Stop fucking about! Rasmus strode forward, grasping across the line towards him. Dan stepped further in, dodging Rasmus's swipe, then froze as the cloud of blue light began to take shape among the brush. It drifted closer, circling him. Rasmus staggered backward, eyes unblinking, hand covering his mouth, shaking his head frantically. Another cloud of ethereal light appeared, this time in a shade of green, then another in yellow, each materializing from within different patches of vegetation. They circled Dan's feet as if dancing. Dan gazed at the magic of them, a grin etched across his face. 
When they stilled, a silence swept across the forest. The leaves ceased to brush against one another. Nothing stirred. Dan glanced up to find Rasmus, but his friend had gone. The light faded, drawing his eyes back to the tiny figure that he now knew as Haldias standing at his feet. The squat man stared up at him, an expression of rage inscribed on his stony features, beard twitching as he uttered unintelligible words in a scratchy voice. Dan crouched and reached out his hand toward the bearded thing. Haldias's eyes narrowed still further, its mouth turning up into a sinister smile. It pounced forward, fingers coiled around his hand. Its mouth opened impossibly wide, then clamped down onto the fleshy skin between his thumb and forefinger. Blood sprayed from the wound as the creature bit down. Dan thrashed with his arm, but it held on. He wound up with his left and punched the back of its tiny head. The sickening crunch of his shattering bones sent waves of pain up his body. The creature's head was as hard as stone. He slumped forward, just managing to open his mouth in time for vomit to spew forth onto the grass. Another of the creatures bound onto his back, slamming his face down into the puddle of fishy sick. Dan was sure he heard laughter before he felt teeth sinking into his neck behind his left ear. He managed to lift his head, his skin slick and cold with puke. He eyed the king of the fairies, glaring back at him, beard matted with sticky, crimson blood. It spoke again then, its voice calm, almost somber. Dan brought his throbbing left hand up, wiped his face. Please, he said, please. It snarled, displaying stained, pointed teeth, then charged. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Hail Diaz was written by Kev Harrison, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Tom Robson. If you enjoyed this story, then want to check out Cinders of a Blind Man Who Could See, which is Kev Harrison's upcoming story from Domain Publishing. You can find more info about this and Kev's other work at kevharrisonfiction.com. Once again, the entirety of the first season of Miscreation is now live. You can dive into Series 1 and binge all five episodes of this hair-raising horror audio drama today. Once again, a big shout-out and a big thank you to Josh Curran and Carl Hughes for putting so much work and time and effort into bringing this podcast to life. Check out the details at hawkandcleaver.com or simply search Miscreation in your favourite podcast app. Until next time. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.